Hello, and welcome to another episode of Untangling. Hope everybody's having a great week. It is the week of September 27th. Just a lot happening. What's been going on? So over the last couple of weeks, I actually had a chance to go to Richmond, Indiana. Had a training down there. Made the trek down there. When I got to the hotel, I was staying at the Hampton Inn in Richmond, Indiana. And it was something like, out of a movie and what I mean by that it's me and this other lady and there's a basketball team just simply having dinner on their phones having a good time so it's me and this lady and we're just waiting for the front desk person to show up and she looks at me how long have you been waiting here and I'm like 10 minutes and she goes nobody's been here I said nope I look at her and I'm like, are you checking in? She said, yes. So she said, you know what? Let me call the front. Let me call the hotel. So she calls the hotel. The phone rings and it's ringing in front of us. So this is literally like something out of a movie. Obviously, nobody answers. And she looks at me, shakes her head and says, I'm going to go to another hotel. Just got in her car, left. And I'm sitting here and another five minutes or so goes by. The manager comes down and she goes, I'm so sorry. I had to go help another tenant upstairs, not a tenant, go help another guest upstairs and sorry for the inconvenience. I said, no problem. Uh, You know, just checking in. I have a conference here tomorrow. I'll be speaking. So I got checked in. I was actually uh, on the uh, second floor. So Hampton Inn, rooms, nice, no complaint. But that experience had me thinking. For the untangling audience, I know a lot of people have experienced this whether it's going to Panera Bread, Donald's, uh, Chipotle, any, a lot of retail establishments, the list goes on and on, where because of this shortage of employees, it's really starting to impact everybody's personal life. So hotels used to pride themselves on hospitality, right? That's the word. You visit, you have such a great experience, I've never thought in my lifetime I would able to I would be able to go into a hotel. And I'm not talking about a small chain uh, and sometimes they get a bad rap where they have to offer great customer service or you simply just don't go back. I'm talking about the Hampton Inn, uh, you know, the Marriott's of the world, the big chains, and they're struggling with this. Uh, so I knew to be patient. I wasn't upset. It was just an experience and it really had me thinking. And people are trying to figure out the answer. In regards to, well, what's going on with the labor shortage? I heard somebody say something very, very interesting. And what they said is, yes, we had a pandemic, okay? Okay, there was a war that broke out in Russia. The previous president, the immigration policies, you know, those take time to catch up. Because remember, uh, the Muslim ban, uh, build a wall, all that stuff, no immigrants. And... These are not the effects, but that that's a simple like blame game, right? You just simply blame the previous president for all this. And believe me, he had a lot to do with where we are today, but he can't take all the blame. So one of the things that really, really interested me is that the person I was listening to, they said that technology has finally caught up with us. And what they meant by that is, How long have we been talking about the word technology? It's going to make your life so much more convenient. Um, It should reduce hours if it's used correctly. 
For example, uh, when I was in the pharmaceutical industry, physicians at the time, they were pulling their hair out because they were in the process of transferring over to a software called Epic. And Epic was supposed to be a one-stop shop for all the patient information, medication, care coordination, you name it, Epic would simply take care of it. Used to call on uh, physicians who had their own practices saying, I'm going to quit because this thing, it's pulling my hair out. I'm working instead of eight hours a day, I'm working 16 hours a day. And they said it would actually cut back my hours based on the efficiency. So just a lot of frustrations talking to physicians in regards to what Epic was supposed to do when it first rolled out. And now, you know, with time going by with uh, Epic doing a lot of upgrades, you don't hear any complaints. If anything, what I've heard about Epic is how did we live without this? Like, how do we run a business in regards to picking which file cabinet a physician would have to go to to pull a file? And those were the fortunate ones. Those were the ones where the file organizer uh, person didn't quit or just leave that day or call in sick and leave the whole uh, establishment in total chaos. So Epic, did it start off rough? Absolutely. But now... Like I said, the feedback's been simply, how did we live without this software? It has literally changed the way hospitals do business, primary care, and when I say hospitals, the healthcare industry. The other thing that uh, Epic does is that it's able to talk to other uh, hospitals. So for example, if you went to see a cardiologist, uh, for those of you who are uh, listening and don't really understand the terminologies, cardiologists, anything, heart specialty, so cardiologists, right? They prescribe you a medication. Now you have a primary care. The person who you simply go in for your general health care, they didn't know that cardiologists prescribed a prescription. And now your primary care, you know, who's a licensed physician says, you know what? Your blood pressure seems a little bit high. Here's what I'm going to put you on. And now they could put you on a medication that has a adverse reaction mixed in with what the cardiologist prescribed. So there's really no way for those medications and for those two physicians to talk to each other until Epic helps solve that problem. And Epic solves so many more problems in regards to scheduling. The list goes on and on, but I'm just using that as a uh, example. So when I was in the hotel room, I'm thinking technology finally caught up with us. And with a labor shortage, one thing nobody's talking about is that with technology making everybody's life so convenient, why would I be enticed to go chase some of these careers? For example, at work, I have my laptop. We use Microsoft Teams. Spoke with my boss and said, hey, I'm going to have to take off early on Friday. Off to who knows where I was going at the time. Maybe it was uh, Indiana. Might have been Michigan. Yeah, no, no, no worries. So 2 o'clock on a Friday. I leave, I had a three o'clock meeting from my cell phone, a work cell phone, I'm able to access a Teams meeting. So here I am, I'm going down uh, Lakeshore Drive in Chicago, and I'm in a meeting. I'm able to participate, I'm able to see the slides, I'm able to hear other people speak. So technology has created this mobility, and with this mobility, everybody's life has changed forever. Now that everybody's life has changed forever, where you're able to kind of use technology to live a lifestyle. Like, for example, there are people 
they're online tutors. So if I was a person who is an online tutor making $35 an hour, why would I want to go work at the Marriott? So technology has created all these very impressive careers that people don't even think about. Uh, for example, a career that a lot of people don't think about, you know, people might laugh at it, but there are a lot of people making a lot of money modeling, whether it's just like normal modeling, uh, whether it's nude modeling from technology. So if you're bringing in that kind of money and maybe, you know, that's not your uh, first choice in regards to how you'd like to make your money. But for a lot of people, they're like, listen, I can model, not have to listen to a boss, not have to reply to a eight o'clock email. I'm able to attend my kids' games, pick them up, drop them off, go on vacation, not have to worry about the office politics. I mean, it just had me thinking of how do you fix this labor shortage problem? And with technology finally catching up to us, making our lives a little bit more convenient, like it said it would, I just don't see people going back to the way things were. I don't see people going back to the office. One of the uh, arguments about going to the office is simply, well, if you're not in the room, you're not going to get promoted. And that sounds great in theory, but unless you're part of a clique, you're not getting promoted regardless, okay? There's a reason why you're not in that room and going into that building, I don't think increases those odds. I think the land of make-belief is, hey, if this person sees me working hard, they are going to promote me and here's how it's supposed to work when that's actually not the case. And I think a lot of people have caught on to uh, my hard work. It doesn't lead to a promotion. My hard work, it doesn't lead to me moving laterally or vertically up the corporate ladder. Okay. So now that people figure that out, either businesses have to come up with a new way to fool people or they have to go back to the drawing board to offer perks and benefits that might entice somebody to leave a lifestyle where they're in control to be controlled by somebody else. So that was just a lot of my thinking. I had a lot of work to do uh, that night, so I got a chance to get caught up on email. It's funny, speaking of technology, Browns are playing Pittsburgh. I remember it like it was yesterday. And the TV in the uh, the TV in the uh, hotel, they didn't have the game on. They didn't have the game on because they do not have Amazon Prime. And since they don't have Amazon Prime, the game is only available on Amazon Prime. And I'm sitting here and I said, speaking of speaking of technology, the Marriott doesn't have a contract with Amazon. If I did not have my Apple phone. And this is why Apple is going to be a trillion dollar company. I would have missed out on that game. And oh, by the way, I did place a bet on that game. And I'm so happy I placed that bet. Uh, who did I take? I want to say it was Cleveland minus one. And I was really, really leaning heavily towards Pittsburgh. And I'm going to be honest. I did, in fact, take Pittsburgh. I ended up losing that bet. But I ended up... Putting that bet in in Illinois early that morning because I saw the minus one. And when I got to Indiana, I went to check it again. And you weren't able to gamble because technology knows, hey, you just crossed state lines, which is so impressive. That's another uh, podcast in itself on how all that 
uh, stuff works. So because of technology, I had my Apple phone, I had my Amazon Prime, I put it on the office uh, desk, and I was simply able to watch the Browns and Pittsburgh uh, game. Was it a great game? Not really, but it did pass the time as I got work done, and I said, how convenient. And you know what that did? That piece of technology right there is outside my hotel window. I'm looking at a bar and grill that, you know, do they have the game? I don't know. I would say maybe 85% chance they do, but guess what? That 15% chance they don't wasn't worth me getting on that elevator to go find out. So technology, what does it do? It also hinders a lot of businesses uh, from making a lot of money because people are like, listen, I have drinks here. I have drinks in my um, hotel room. I have my little uh, iPhone with a big screen. I got the game on. I got access to email. Like, why would I leave? And I didn't leave my room that night for that exact reason, because of technology. Now, back to the labor shortage issue. One of the things that the Fed is trying to do is simply uh, cause chaos. And with that chaos, they want to make sure that your investments are at an all-time low, that companies end up having to lay off people. And once they do that, it dries up demand, okay? Because you don't have money, it's hard to have that portion of the equation of the supply and demand side. So has it been working? My personal answer is it hasn't. It's been a rocky, 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 rocky uh, last six to seven months uh, within the market. But I bring that up because that ties back to, well, we're going to get people to go back to work. We want to create an environment, and I'm speaking from the perspective of the federal government, where we're going to create so much chaos that once your job lets you go, you're going to have to go to Chipotle to find a job that pays you $20 an hour so you can make ends meet. They're trying to create this chaos, but one of the things the feds aren't considering, and believe me, everybody listening you probably have another thousand examples. But one thing I personally think the Fed is not considering is that the world has changed and their metrics of measuring unemployment, of measuring success, of measuring the labor force is outdated. For example, if you are a stay-at-home mom, part of that reason might be a financial decision where to send three kids to date to daycare, depending on which city you live in, would cost roughly $9,000 a month. There's not too many jobs paying $9,000 uh, per month. So the financially, the math makes sense where you would basically stay at home. If you are a work-from-home dad, same thing, where your wife, based on her career, it makes sense for her to go to work, while you stay home uh, with the kids, because guess what? There's not too many jobs paying $9,000 per month. And now that the genie's out of the bottle, because the pandemic revealed a lot of conveniences that we didn't even think existed. Five years ago, when I started my current employer, if you said, Charles, in five years, you're going to be 
on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago, heading to Michigan, and you will be able to be part of a very important meeting. I would say, no way. And I remember when I first started, there was those one-offs where you could call in. We had this whole, it's so funny, I used it every day, and now the software is even slipping my mind. That's how outdated that technology has become. But the problem with calling in is, you can't see the slides. With Microsoft Teams, I see those slides clear as day, whether I'm in-house or out and about, it is just a convenience. Personally, I prefer to be in an office where I don't have noise, uh, so that's an X factor in regards to it, but knowing that that option is there, is just, it's just truly, truly mind-blowing. So, labor shortage. How do you get people to come back to work? And I would say part of that is simply keeping that remote option available. Now, if it's a place like Chipotle, if it's a place like retail, how do you do that? I don't know, to be quite honest with you. Um, if they figured out a way to have self-checkouts, and I know this sounds harsh, uh, I'm pretty sure they could work out a solution where maybe as a, and this is not Chipotle because that's food, but let's just say, for example, um, what's a retail location? Retail, let's just say Walmart. Maybe part of my job is simply sitting at my computer, overseeing that checkout, having a back-end process in regards to customers who come and go uh, and any patterns that don't look like it is a normal pattern. Maybe they do that today. That's the kind of job, instead of being a cashier, you're able to retain that employee. They're working from home, managing those self-checkouts from the cloud. Again, I don't know Walmart's business model, and I do know that they clearly have a division for security that oversees the store, but having that cashier literally not really change anything except manage that cash register from his or her, his or her house, I don't know. Maybe that's a way to start getting people back into the door. So if any of you have experienced just inconvenience, labor shortage, to a point where you stop going to certain places because you just know the service you're going to get. And now what seems to be happening is the cost is still the same, but the service is not there. And with restaurants, I know they're putting up signs, bear with us, trying to do the right things. And I would agree with that. But my only issue is, you know, this time last year, that hamburger cost $8. Today, it's $16. So maybe that sign uh, goes a long way. Uh, for other people, but it really doesn't mean anything to me. Now, if that hamburger uh, stated $8, that sign would mean a lot to me. But you can't double your price and decrease the service. Uh, that's not a sustainable business model, and you do not need an MBA to understand that. Uh, so with that, that's my take in regards to my trip to Indiana, just tying it all into technology, the labor shortage. What else is going on? So in regards to work, it is the annual enrollment period, so just been extremely busy in regards to that. Uh, part of my responsibilities is making sure all our websites are QA'd, our enrollment forms are accurate, following CMS guidelines, so just a lot of tedious attention to detail, 
operational risk items that have to just be met before the October 1st uh, go live. But we'll wait and see. We're a few days away. So with that, uh, we'll transition into sports. And with the NFL, what have I seen? What I've seen with the NFL is the impact of diversity, equity, and inclusion coming back to bite a lot of organizations right in the ass. Case in point, you look at a team like the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have an all-star team, okay? They have a, their defensive side is unbelievable. Their offensive side is unbelievable. And you thought they would have upgraded with Russell Wilson. However, they have a head coach who's so in over his head. Uh, so this is a head coach who's never, I don't know if he's ever called any offensive play, plays. I think he's a defensive uh, guy. And he's so in over his head. And the one thing I'm thinking is, I thought of the whole Brian Flores lawsuit when he said he went to that sham interview with the Denver Broncos. And he said John Elway was drunk. They never really considered him. But they had him go through the process anyways because of the uh, Rooney rule. And I'm watching that game the other night. Uh, the other night, And they were playing. It was the Broncos and... Oh, Seattle. It was actually the first game. And Seattle's just rebuilding. They're trying to get the first pick in the NFL draft. And Seattle actually ended up beating Denver. And I'm sitting here just watching the decision this head coach is making. And it's no fault of the head coach because somebody else put him in that uh, position, right? He didn't put himself in that position. And he's just making decisions. And I'm saying, would Brian Flores have made that decision? And I know that answer is no because Brian Flores uh, made Tua with zero receivers uh, look like a good quarterback, and he made the Miami Dolphins relevant with no uh, talent on that roster. So you have that case scenario. And then I'm watching a team like the New York Giants. Again, they were named in the large suit. Uh, they uh, hired a friend, uh, ex-coach of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick sent a text uh, to Bron the other Brian, thinking he texting the other uh, Brian. I think it's Brian Debo or whatever his uh, name is. And I'm watching the Giants, and will they be good? I mean, I don't know. But I could tell you this, they're not a well-coached team. Well, it's gonna, he's going to need time. He's going to need you know, a better quarterback because Daniel Jones is not the answer. And you'll never, you'll never, ever in your lifetime hear any of those excuses for an African-American. And so you have the Giants. And then who's another team uh, that was uh, named in the lawsuit? You have Miami. Miami is doing great. I want to say they are 3-0. Uh, Tua looks really, really good. They got, uh, I think his name's Michaels out of San Francisco, ex-offensive ex coordinator, good guy, knows his stuff. You could tell he is a good coach. And one of the things I notice is it's, it's, it's amazing how once you find African-American, the organization's willing to go out. They'll get you a uh, uh, hill. Um, you have Waddle. Uh, they'll beef up that offensive line. They'll beef up the defense. There's no penny that will go to waste in regards to making that team better. However, the three year three years of Brian Flores was there, Miami never once signed a major free agent. So it just comes back to the NFL. They have a serious diversity, equity, and inclusion problem. But here's the good news. Uh, the good news is the Denver coach will be fired within the next two years. Uh, the Giants head coach, he will be fired within the next two years. And then you have the San Diego Chargers coach who is not qualified for that position. Arizona Cardinals, Kiffin, no, it's uh, Kingsbury. 
he's not qualified for his job, so he's going to be out of the NFL in the next year. So I always say diversity, equity, inclusion. One of the things uh, research has taught me in regards to being part of those boards, seeing the research, seeing the money behind it, it's how much money it costs organizations. So now after you fire all these coaches, you could just keep playing uh, the same games instead of bringing in a left witch who won a Super Bowl. Uh, offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Biennemi won a Super Bowl. Coaches Patrick Mahomes has one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. And you look at a team like the Chargers, you look at the Broncos, and you said, where would they be if Biennemi was coaching that team? Maybe 3-0? and um, Who knows, right? But that's part of what I'm seeing, and nobody could talk about it because you simply have to brush it under the rug and move it along. And then when all these head coaches get fired, they'll bring in their new uh, friends and family because that's all the NFL is, is a network. It's all politics. It's we'd rather lose, but at least, you know, you're a close friend. And what's even more mind boggling is the Raiders, and this has nothing to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion. uh, They fired a head coach who happened to be white last year. Great coach, team rallied around him especially after everything that organization went through and they fire him to bring in who everybody calls a boy genius, McDaniels from the Patriots, because, you know, if you work with Bill Belichick, that automatically makes you a genius, right? Genius by association, I call it. Uh, And I'm being sarcastic. So uh, McDaniels takes his job and uh, the Raiders are 0-3. And by the way, the Raiders uh, have a uh, better team than they had last year, but can't seem to win a game. Uh, They added Devontae Adams, and I guess Devontae Adams is extremely frustrated uh, because I truly believe if he stays in Oakland uh, the next two to three years, you won't know who Devontae Adams is. It's an organization where your career could go to die. It's a dysfunctional organization, and Devontae Adams wanted to be with his friend, Derek Carr, and these are the results. And one of the things I say is, they're in the AFC West. So 0-3 is really 0-9 because you have the Chiefs, you have the Chargers, um, you have the uh, Broncos in that division. So the Raiders, they're already out of the playoffs, okay? Nobody wants to say it. They're out of the playoffs. So it'll be very fascinating to see what happens with McDaniels uh, coaching, but they are in a world of hurt, that organization. They're not going to turn it around because they don't know how to. Uh, I don't think Josh McDaniels knows how to. And I always ask people, you know, when was the last time Josh McDaniels had a win as a NFL head coach? So we'll close the show out there. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Episode. See you next week.
New beats I never recycle Why you looking for samples you might get trampled Surprise, hey, I'm back with lightning and thunder I heard you over saying I'm a one hit wonder You done with summer winter, refugees, silly finity When I'm done collect royalties from record companies Clouds getting darker, sun's getting nearer I turn an atheist to a God-fearing believer The back of a building, your body's found by children Playing high go seek, what we found was your skeleton In the back of a car, you spar with the wrong cars You know my empire strikes back hard, Mrs. Lawrence War is the day after ashes Project cannons being launched at the palace Vision revelation, sky road apocalypse Enemy pilots kamikaze into the abyss <laughs> One, two, the headline news just broke through Four soldier, a hundred horsemen at the door. Five, six, one dead or alive. Hit a miss. We, 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 Rescue choppers, Brooklyn turn to Hiroshima I'm driving to Jersey to escape the terror I was on a highway pushing a black viper A car pulls up, is he a jack or a sniper? A blue Range Rover, he says pull over I didn't know he was a DT undercover I screamed out my lungs, this is discrimination What's the charge? He said you just robbed the gas station Who me? Not me, it could be I was at the Grammys with Brandy Didn't you see me on TV? Bullshit, you're all in the same game He tried game. to run me off the road Like he was Roscoe, Pico, Train I stayed calm, gave him a hell of a show Cause if it's ever time to go All I gotta press is turbo Heard him on his walk, he rode block on 280 West Things got serious, that's when I bust the left U-turn, my tires burn, my concern Was the truck coming head on collision Within a second chase position Close one, I almost went up in a blaze Running from what appeared to be a masquerade At least that's what I thought, it was all in my mind Reality struck when I got to the borderline, the headline reads every ghetto sad story. A rookie shoots a boy over mistake and identity.